All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The first selection of the National Hockey League Draft belongs to... The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. Gretzky had it, lost it, Eisenman picks it up. Face off. The Daily Face-Off. The Daily Face-Off podcast with your host, Brock Seguin. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode four, season three of the Daily Face-Off podcast. I'm your host, Brock Seguin. With me, as always, we've got Biebs Bondi in Windsor, Ontario. How's it going, Biebs? Doing good. Just uh, got back from uh, first OHL game of the year. I guess it was the first one altogether. So uh, good, good that hockey's back. I'm really excited. It was like, it was awesome to watch live hockey again. How you doing, though, Brock? I'm not bad. Did the Spitfires take home the W tonight or what? Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. I'm going to let D answer that one. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Did I'm, they? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, well, they did. Yeah, they did. Okay. Who'd they, even, who'd they even play? Mum Cup champs. Um, Saginaw. So, uh, but Saginaw also had a couple guys at camp. Windsor had about four guys who were still at camp. Um, so, you know, uh, yeah. It uh, it wasn't quite the full squads going, but it, it was good to see some dudes nonetheless. But uh, no Why real they like start this early. I know that's what I was gonna say. Like it's so funny that they just start with like half their teams in camp. But yeah, I don't even know because literally the Spitfires are missing like their four best players that they could get back. Like that's kind of 
that's a whole yeah, line. I'm sure that's like generally the way it is for most teams. Right? Yeah, so. which is just crazy. Yeah, there's there's some teams that Lon- London probably has like eight or nine. Knowing London, they just get everyone drafted from yeah, every single year. Amazing. Yeah. But in Brantford, we also have Dylan D. Berthium as always. How's it going, D? Doing pretty good, Brock. I mean, you know, better than the character caricature of me might suggest. Yeah, you got a little beat our, up, eh? uh, our new picture, just a little bit. Um, I'm not as bald as the picture might have you believe either, but you know. Yeah, we're working sometimes. off an old pic on that one, so. <laughs> so I have more. <laughs> yeah, no, you have a lot more hair than you did in that. that. Great new picture, though. So if right. you no, it looks that. awesome, though. It really yeah. does look awesome. I love Let's it. See. Check I know. I was. I was gonna just say, like, I feel like we have to really come out, you know, guns a blazing with a real good episode this week because, like, our Twitter picture makes us look, or not our Twitter picture, like our podcast picture looks like, makes us look like we're a lot better than we actually are at this thing. Yeah, uh, we right. look. We looked like scrubs before, and now we look somewhat legitimate, somewhat established. We got seasons and shit. A great picture. Like now, we've really got to come out uh firing on the mics here so yeah but now when people go on daily face off they don't just get like smack or just our mug right in the face or right like right away on that front page that's good it'll it's just our animated mugs now so yeah my girlfriend looked at it she's like that's really awesome like that looks great she's like but that you're not that ugly i was just like yeah she's like i'm like but that's beat up brock i'm like you've never seen beat up brock like when beat up brock shows up i will look that ugly so yeah, Brock's not pretty. We can make that happen for the yeah, podcast, I, though. Like that's why just for the podcast, the podcast, yeah, for the podcast science. But but Beebs, before we get into the defenseman breakdown episode here, uh, why don't you go ahead and plug our uh, our our famous cartoonist there? Yeah. Um. So did you want to plug it, or do you want me to go with this? No, you go ahead. Yeah, that's it's oh, all absolutely. you. So I, I'm blessed. Um, I have a brother who's a very good animator. So um, his name's Jeremy Bondi, and uh, and he he's. Yeah, a professional animator, I guess that's what that would be his title. Um, so yeah, so we I contacted him and he found time in between. He's he's working on a Netflix show right now, but he found time in between that to draw us this awesome picture. Um, and uh, and yeah, so check out his work. But we just got lucky and uh, and hooked. He hooked us up with, like I said, I mean, like not try not to be biased, but I think it's just a phenomenal uh, a phenomenal piece we got there and something that you know I I really like it. I think it, it gives us gives us a nice uh, a nice cover there. I was dying yesterday because Beeb shared it on Instagram saying, you know, shout out to my brother for, for creating this for us. Looks great. And then he said, you know, kudos to anybody who gets the reference. And then we tweeted it out to a bunch of hockey fans saying, and literally the first comment we got on Twitter was, I'm trying to listen to the f-ing song. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, I saw that. That was amazing. Um, also, thing my brother doesn't know a thing about hockey so like i was consistently feeling messages that were like oh does this part of the jersey go like this is this like he is not he's not a sports guy so this was new for him um it's funny though but yeah yeah i loved um i, I love that twitter caught that before you know my general friend base did um but yeah so it's a it's a little slap shot um scene there a little take on that for people who don't get it right away but yeah really Where'd good you- but we're just expanding his horizons. Next, uh, next thing you know, in a couple of years, there's going to be some sick ass hockey animated thing on Netflix, and all Canadians are going to love it. He's going to have a huge part in it, just Based because on the DFO <laughs> podcast. Yeah, we're gonna, we're going to be the main character. So hopefully, there's you know, one could dream. We're still searching for a sponsorship. You know, maybe we'll just skip the whole sponsorship and just yeah. get a, an, an entire show about us. It'd be like go cartoon show first, then sponsorship. Yeah, I that's the basic. Something like that. It'll be like Leonard Kenny meets like South Park. Let's go with that. Wow. 
We're gonna be pretty, yeah, okay, pretty I'm famous. Cool with that. No, I'm, yeah, I'm down. We're gonna be a big deal. But anyways, boys, you guys ready to talk some real puck here or what? <sighs> I think so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Drafts so, are coming up, so it's exciting. I just wanted before we really get into it, I just want to apologize to all the listeners. So far, so good. But last night, I'm sitting there watching a, a TV show and I hear this meow, meow. I'm like, what the? What's going on here? You figure it was just your girlfriend again? So I pause my show, and I'm like, and it stops. I'm like, okay, it must just be like some weird cat in the background of this TV show. So I play it, think nothing of it. (laughs) And then all of a sudden today, I'm letting my dog out, and I hear it again. I'm like, where? Like, I I have no idea where this cat is. So then my girlfriend gets home today, and she hears it. So she goes looking, and this cat is sleeping like the most random spot ever. In like this behind our garbage pail, like I don't even know how to explain it. But anyways, we went to like go get it out, and this cat climbs up into her car, like into the engine. So we're like, oh, that's great. Like, so she can't drive. <laughs> she she turns her car on, like this car, this cat's toast. Like it's literally the smallest little kitten ever. I actually tweeted it out from our our uh, DFO Twitter podcast, our podcast Twitter, I should say. And uh, we ended up rescuing this thing, and somehow now it's in. In my man cave here yeah. while I podcast. You're a proud I, cat owner. I hate cats so much. Honestly, I can't stand them. I'm, I'm terrified she's going to come and just slice my Achilles open at any minute. But I fed it a little bit of food. But like <laughs> as of 20 minutes ago, this thing would what? not stop making noises. And Why is maybe it going it's, for your Achilles? <laughs> I don't know because it, it's under my couch right now that I'm sitting on. So Gotcha. gotcha. You know, it, it could come out at any time. I, the cats are just so untrustworthy. I never know what they're going to do. But anyways, yes. if there is any random meowing in the middle of this episode, I promise you it's not coming from one of us. It's this kitten that I couldn't <laughs> even tell you where the shit it's at right now. I got a little box with a blanket, some food, and some water. I don't know. I've never owned a cat, so I'm trying my best here. But Yeah, it's a better um, better life than I heard. Yeah, I heard they like boxes, so it yeah. sounds like you're doing a good job. Yeah, box. I got I, you know you know those airplane pillows. I gave it one of those. It seems to like it. I don't know. <laughs> it might sweet. get it might get a sore neck. I'm never gonna be able to use it. But again, also if I start sneezing mid episode, that is because I'm just so allergic to cats, and now I have one apparently. So you know nothing's really going in my favor here right now. But uh, we'll try to rock out the defense positional preview episode here so you know what uh d why don't we start with you uh we'll go one through five uh on defense uh i don't think that the d is quite as predictable um as you know maybe the centers or left wings or right wings have been so i feel like our top tens are going to change quite a bit i know especially ud have some hatred for some of the uh what might be classified as higher tier defensemen so i'm interested to see who you've got in your top five I don't know if it's hatred. It's more of an indifference than anything, Brock. I wouldn't say I feel that strongly about Drew Doughty or Shea Weber. I just don't want to see them on a top 10 list (laughs) ever, you know? Um, Okay, so I'll start it off, uh, you know, on the super obvious side of things. We'll go with Brent Burns. Uh, Ranked number one for me. He's got back-to-back seasons over 75 points and 300 shots. Just absolutely absurd from the back end. Um, wouldn't bet on him shooting 9% on 320 shots again this year. So I expect the goal total will fall more toward the low to mid twenties. Uh, but you know, you never really know with Brent Burns to- definitely capable of, uh, shooting at a high percent over, you know, larger sample sizes as he's shown before, uh, dominant player at even strength, obviously solid on the power play as well. Three straight seasons with 25 plus power play points, 45 assists, 70 points seem like a lock at this point. Uh, should be the first D off the board in pretty much every league. Then second, I went with Carlson. Um, you know, it's a bit of a tricky situation ranking mm-hmm. him and Hedman right now. Uh, I've got Hedman third. 
The only concern around Carlson, obviously, is his health. He has stated he won't return until his foot feels 100% healthy. Uh, to me, like that, that translates to once healthy, Carlson is going to immediately return to playing 27 minutes a night again. So it sounds like worst-case scenario is November right now, meaning he missed about 12 games of the Senators' schedule, three or four fantasy weeks. So besides that, you got a D-man who's been over 65 points, four straight seasons, 200-plus shots each of those seasons. Uh, 20-goal, 50-assist potential, even in a 70-game season, which sounds like what he might be looking at right now. Um, and then obviously I, I got Hedman at third, uh, love Hedman. He was amazing last year. Just a little skeptical. He can break 70 points again, shot 9.6% last year, pretty high for a defenseman. 29 of his 56 assists last year came on the power play, led the NHL in that category. Um, he had just 10 power play assists the year before. So I'm a little skeptical that, you know, that production is, is going to stay at the level it was at last year. Um, so yeah, again, I'm just not about to bet on that basically that kind of power play production because that's kind of what it comes down to um you know you would imagine carlson in a 70 game season still more than capable of putting up 65 to 70 points uh and headman is going to need that crazy power play production to get back just to to get there yeah exactly so um that's why i have headman behind carlson i got (laughs) bufflin fourth uh over the last seven seasons of his career Bufflin's average 0.6 points per game. It's a 55-point pace over 82 games. Been crazy consistent since his breakout year in Atlanta there. Um, actually averaged over 27 minutes a night last year, which was the most of his career. So heavy usage seems to be a lock for 50 points. Um, you know, and with the type of shot production that he brings to the table, 20 goals, always a possibility as well. And then I'll just talk about five and six because it was uh, kind of a back-to-back to me. I have Yossi and then Subban. Yeah. Um, Went back and forth between the two a bit. Sided with Yossi for a few reasons. Slightly more ice time. Better shot production the last few years. And just generally has been a more reliable goal scorer than Subban, who sees the majority of his production come from the assist side of things. Um, PK has had some trouble staying healthy the last few years as well. Um, that being said, you can't really go wrong with either. They're both kind of tier one fantasy defensemen, in my mind, who will probably be within five points of each other at season's end, uh, health willing. So that's why I kind of have them. Is a five A five B. Yeah, Subban's just one of those. He's like an anomaly. Like he just like he sometimes he is the best defenseman in the league, and he could easily be twenty fifth in the league. And he's had a hard time. He's like same boat, not like quite the same boat, but a similar boat as Crystal Tang. Injuries have kind of been him the last couple of years, but when healthy, just an absolute force. Uh, but Beebs, what's your top five look like? Okay, so um, I'm actually pretty close to D, except for um, just a little switch around. But uh, so I have Brent Burns one again. This is just all because of Carlson's health, um, as D mentioned. Uh, one thing that that's key that he said is he doesn't want to come back until he's 100% healthy. So that could, um, if that even takes away five games, that could be the difference between Burns being the one and him being the two. Um, so yeah, so I got Carlson then at two. Carlson's just so elite; he does it um, every year. Nothing's going to change. Um, we we know about his offensive talent when he is in there. Um, he is phenomenal. And uh, the reason that I have him at two is even if he does miss that first month, it still opens up an IR spot for you. Plug someone in there. Um, give give a guy a little tryout. Maybe maybe one of the rookies that we're going to talk about later. Um, number three, Victor Hedman. As, as D mentioned, I just don't see him scoring as much as he did last year. Um, his shot production was a lot higher. And, um, and and in general, I just see him as more a 60-point plateau guy as well. But if he does do that, that's phenomenal. Again, you're, you're number three. Number four, this is where we switch up a little bit. And four five, I have Roman Yossi and then P.K. Subban. Um, and I'm going to go over Bufflin later. I have him as one of my busts. But as far as Yossi and Subban, um, they, they work hand-in-hand. Um, and, uh, and especially with Ryan Ellis out now for Nashville, those two are going to have to eat up even more minutes than they already have. 
um, because he was he was big um, there, and I think that's just going to help them both fantasy wise. Um, and um, in general, I just see them as um, where I see Bufflin. I don't see him. Uh, I I don't see a sixty point season very likely for him. For them, I just see that a lot more doable, and uh, and I do like taking that chance on the, these two guys um, ahead of Bufflin there at six. Um, but Brock, I'll let you uh, see if you got anything different than me and D, or if it's relatively similar. It's uh, it's pretty similar, maybe with a couple surprises. For me, obviously, Brent Burns, number one. I think this was actually the first year where I thought Burns was actually number one, even if Carlson was healthy, just because of the goal production. Um, their, their point totals, you know, relatively similar over the last, last year, year or two. So just the goal production alone, I think Burns actually uh, takes the edge over Carlson heading into this year, you know, shot production just makes that 20 goal plateau just, you know, pretty much a lock for him at this yeah. point. It's crazy. You just Shots watch, you watch Burns, like he, he, he just seems, has this knack to just get that wrister through or that snapper through all the time, always gets it on net, makes him, you know, even a 30 goal threat, which is just kind of unheard crazy of. from a defense. Uh, right now, you know, yeah, 29 goals last year, but uh, like I said, green shit. Exactly. Yeah. Leads all the defensemen in goals uh, and second in points over the last couple of years, which is our last three years. Sorry. Uh, which is just insane production uh, from a defenseman. Carlson number two, I don't foresee him missing too much time. Uh, I think the Senators, you know, as much as he says, he's not going to rush it. Uh, you know, always you don't win the Stanley Cup in October, but nope. the Senators are pretty much banking on you know, Carlson being in the lineup. Uh, they're obviously nowhere near the team. They are they are with him without him. Uh, but Carlson's a clear number two, regardless of his health, because like you said, D, even if he plays, if he misses the first seven or twelve games of the year, uh, and he still only plays seventy games throughout the whole season. He's still capable of putting up seventy points in seventy games. Uh, nobody else. Uh, is capable of that. For me, Crystal Tang's number three. It's a bit of a stretch just because of his injury history, but his upside is undeniable. Uh, he's missed, like, it's crazy that he's missed 110 <laughs> games over the last four seasons. But even while missing 110 games over the last four seasons, he ranks 16th among defensemen in points, uh, third in points per game behind only Ekman Larson, or sorry, Eric Carlson and Brent Burns. Obviously, Tang is a high-end uh, defenseman, it's just a matter of staying healthy for him, which I've always kind of avoided him in the past, but you can't deny the upside. I don't think anybody else has the upside that Latang has at this spot, so that's why I went with him as number three. Uh, D might not like this one, but I went with Shea Weber at number four. I don't think he's the greatest actual defenseman in the NHL, but for fantasy purposes, he does everything you need uh, I know a lot of people questioned the Subban-Weber trade last year, myself included, uh, but Weber is an absolute beast on the power play at even strength uh, in terms of offense. Well, he scored double-digit goals over the last four seasons, each of the last four seasons, ranked second in defenseman in goals over that span. Uh, he's pretty much a lock for 15 to 20 ish goals every year, 30-plus assists. Uh, you're not going to find as consistent goal production from any other defenseman other than Brent Burns. So uh, it's hard to find a 20-goal score on the back end, which is why I like Weber quite a bit in terms of fantasy hockey. Number five, I have Hedman. Uh, like you alluded to, D, just crazy power play production last year. Doesn't have the uh, elite goal scoring ability of a, of a Burns or a Weber. So I like him at number five. I think he's definitely capable of picking up double-digit goals 
easily breaking 40 assists. Uh, I think he could definitely push for 50 again. But again, it all depends on the power play production. So a little bit different than what you guys have got. I really like Hedman. Uh, I think that there's a chance on draft day that I would take Hedman at number three over a Weber and and Latang, like personally. But if I had to rank them, uh, I think those are my top five just to be safe. But uh, taking taking a gamble on draft day, I think I'm you know I, I would maybe go headman at three, but uh, ranking them one to five, this cat is insane. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, <laughs> but D, why don't you give us your six through ten? Uh, sure thing. Uh, like I said, I had Subban at six, just behind Yossi there. I actually have the Tang at seven, um, which is funny, Brock, because I feel like you know in the past, like I've kind of been more optimistic when it comes to the Tang. Just injured players in general, but especially the Tang. Um, I've always I, been like the guy that hates Latang every year. I'm like, yeah, don't, don't, because yeah. like you know, it, it, it for me, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a double standard on, and I, I'll be the first to admit it. I, I'm really tentative to grab a guy like Malkin because of his injury past, but I just think that in Malkin's case, you can get a similar player with less injury risk. Where with Latang, you can, he's, he's just. Such a clear cut number three if he's healthy that right. it's worth the risk. I think it's just a little bit more worth it to grab a Latang than it is somebody who's injury prone like Malkin. But it is a bit of a double standard because For I think sure. I've, I've talked yeah. about it on, on previous episodes how I really avoid these guys, but I just think he's such a clear cut number three without the injury. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, I'm normally on the optimistic side, um, but Latang, you know. Still not being a hundred percent recovered from the neck surgery at this point kind of scares me. Obviously, he's been you know he's been cleared for contact. Um, it sounds like he'll be ready for the opening night, but he <laughs> it's like the health health concerns are are enough of a factor with the Tang. Like you don't need to throw in a lingering injury, let alone a neck injury. Yeah, so a neck injury is super scary. Oh yeah. Right. Um, that being said. It'd be absolutely nuts to see what Latang could do over a full 82 games. I honestly don't think we're going to see it <laughs> ever again. Um, but certainly, cool, obviously, 70, 75 plus is attainable. Which, you know, <laughs> it's funny. You talk 70 games. That, that's disappointing for a lot of players. You know, that's almost a month of action that you miss. If you get 70 games out of Latang in a fantasy season, like, as the seventh D-man off the board, you're obviously laughing. Like, that's an easy 55, if not 60 points. Um, just based off his production rates over the last few seasons. So obviously, like Brock said, and you know, I really alluded to, a lot of upside with Latang. Uh, could definitely make the case, uh, if you're on the optimistic side, taking him over uh, even Buffalo and Yossi or Subban, I think. Uh, then I got Zach Rowenski at 8. I uh, really like Rowenski's game a lot. Obviously, a lot of room to grow, but he was very good at even strength last year. Had a 6.2% relative course. He rated on a pretty solid Columbus team. 188 shots, 21 power play points. Um, and he did it all in just under 21 minutes a night. A few extra minutes a night alone could be enough to push him over 50 points this season. And then obviously if he makes some progress in his development as well, uh, wow. Wawenski could be in for a really huge year. Um, <laughs> what? That That's that's crazy. I, I, I'm impressed. That takes some balls to put him in your top 10. I like it. Yeah. Thanks, man. Um, you know, you, you like to make a big deal about sophomore slumps. And I, <laughs> it does seem, you know, just anecdotally speaking, that it happens with defensemen a lot more. Um, but like I said, there's... There's no real red flags in uh, his underlying numbers right now. I don't really find a reason not to like Wierenski. Um So, you know, coming up on what is age 20 season now, um, I really like his potential, you know, to not just top what he did last year, but 
push on a top five fantasy demon. A uh, lot of upside with Rinsky. And then I got Shattenkirk at nine, uh, Duncan Keith at 10. Uh, Shattenkirk to me, it feels like his name carries a little bit more weight than his production ever did. Last year was actually the first year he broke 50 points. Yeah, that's just crazy. Just went off. crazy. Crazy, yeah, though. I, that was his first year. Yeah. Um, but you know what? A, lot, a big part of that, he had 14 points in 19 games down the stretch with Washington. Um, so, you know, the Rangers still very solid offensively, no doubt. Um, not quite the team or the power play unit that Washington has, but you know, still a top 10 power play unit nonetheless. Um, so I like Shattenkirk. I like his chances to get back to 50 points, but to me, there's no real upside past that point. Um, so that's why I got him at this spot here. Um, it'll, I'm totally, you know, kind of off track a little bit but really interested to see you know throughout Shattenkirk's career coaches have kind of been really reluctant to play him or at least start him in his defensive zone like his his zone percentages are usually like a 60-40 offensive defensive split which is not something you would generally see for a top pair D-man which has limited Shattenkirk to just you know 22 minutes a night basically across his career Uh, has has never topped that uh, number in his career which you Generally, for a top pair of D-made, you'd think around 25 minutes tonight. So, some room to grow in that regard, and it'll be interesting to see how Vignon plays him. And then the reason they have Keith at 10, um, you know, obviously he's a very talented player, yada, yada. I love to have him on my fantasy team. Uh, he kind of relied on a high on-ice shooting percentage last year, 10.1, to help him rack up 47 assists. And he needs that large bulk of assists to break 50 points. He doesn't have the shot to do it. Uh, the goals just aren't there. Um so I, I think it's more likely he finishes on the wrong side of 50 points. And like, like I said, not the goal production. So just nowhere near the goal production of the guys ahead of him, I guess I should say. Um, so that's why he's firmly the number 10 in my rankings. Yep. Um, I was going to say for Duncan Keith, one big point for me was just uh, it, it's, it's, it's a lot like Shattenkirk. I think the name holds a lot more weight than uh, yeah. than what he does actually end up doing. And it seems like that's kind of the way with a lot of these Chicago guys, other than obviously Patrick Kane. Um, like we yeah, that's what I was going to say. It just it, it's. I feel like Chicago's offense just always seems to carry more weight than it should. Like I always feel like yeah. every single every single draft I'm in, people are seem to constantly be reaching for Duncan Keith. Like I I almost go into drafts just thinking, ah, not going to get him. Don't care. He because I feel like there's a lot of other Duncan Keiths out there, but yeah, people just get, seem yeah. to just fall in love with it. Yeah, it, it's anyone who puts on that hawk. People love him fantasy wise. Uh, that, that jersey. So, it's, but I, I have no issue with it because it means we just uh, get to watch people reach up the board whenever you know they want to draft one. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was gonna um, for my my I guess uh, six through ten. So as I mentioned, Dustin Bufflin. Um, and again, I'm gonna rip into him later. So I'll just step away. Number seven, <laughs> I got Chris Letang. Um, same. Re- uh, I, I honestly. I, in my head, I was like, do I put this guy at four and just, like, make this ridiculous statement that he's not going to get hurt this year? And I'm like, that would be <laughs> so stupid. Like, what, was, that that? Not, was that not my, like, uh, bold <laughs> statement last year? It was just like, Chris Letang will play 82 games. This guy just comes out and plays 41. Just yeah, half that. Just half <laughs> that, Betty. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks, Chris. That. And then, uh, yeah, just so see, I, did, I didn't want to look like a Brock um, after today. But um, yeah, honestly, still... though, like, I, I, like I, I don't mean to interrupt, but I, like, I wanted to interrupt when you were talking, D. Like, you were saying, like, even if he could just play 70 games. Yeah, he's phenomenal. It's crazy. Like, I have him projected for 65, which is, like, not a lot. Like, I feel like I can't project him for any less. Like, I can't be like, yeah, he's only going to play 50 without being an <laughs> asshole. So, like, okay, 65, like, that's pretty much the floor. Um, And I have him putting up 58 points in 65 games, which is literally... Yeah. 
one point more than I have for Victor Hedman over 77 games. Like, he's just Crazy. so good, but... He's phenomenal when he's in. But, like, then again, projecting him for 65 might even just be, like, gracious. Like, he, he could play 22. Who knows? Yeah, I know. It's and such thing, a risk. One thing that you guys said to me about Sid and Malkin a couple weeks ago that kind of stuck with Latang too, is that Pittsburgh's not afraid to, you know... Let just these sit guys out. sit. They know right, that they exactly. can, that they're going to do well once they get to the playoffs. They don't give a they shit. They can do good enough, team. right? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're so, going to be uh, there come April. Yeah. So Especially this, Letang. Like, they're, like, extra super-duper cautious. With oh, yeah, yeah. You want him to actually play. More so than Malkin, anyway. Yeah, but, like, yeah, absolutely. Oh, man, imagine the playoffs with Letang. We've won two years straight <laughs> without him. That'd be crazy. They're I talk- think they might not just play him all year. And then and just then play just him bring the first game. Crazy good. Their top two D-men are literally, like, Chris Letang and Ole Mata, and like I could, I would love to see. Well, like now, but I would love to see like the numbers on how many times they've had Letang and Mata in the lineup together over the last like couple years. Like, just it just never happens. Never. All right, back to my list. Uh, Sorry, buddy. Number no, no worries. Uh, (laughs) Loved it. Number eight though, uh, Kevin Shattenkirk. Um, I I I didn't actually realize he kind of sneakily peeked in at I think he was fourth in in defensive scoring last year which is kind of crazy um and as we mentioned he had a he did have a breakout year kind of a breakout from that 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 50 point plateau that he couldn't seem to get over um I kind of I, I just Shattenkirk's always been a steady reliable source of points um which is kind of just why I slid him in there at eight at nine I got Duncan Keith and um, it's kind of as D mentioned, he just doesn't have the shot anymore. And, and the guy's going to get you. He might, I'll tell you right now, you're going to get 40 assists with him at the draft. But, I mean, you might get five goals, so whatever. <laughs> um, so, as we mentioned, you could get, um, I would personally rather get a guy who gets maybe five or seven less points, but five or seven more goals. Um, that I would love that production a little, little bit more than Duncan Keith, but still, he is a reliable play. He's a guy who you, you know where he's going to play, how they're going to use him. Nothing's new with him. Um, and then number 10, I slid Shea Weber in, and um, I put him yeah, in there strictly for that power play production. Last year, Shea was, um, there was some weeks, um, I mean, I, I was writing articles last year, I was giving, you know, defenseman of the week kind of awards, and he was, it, it seemed like every week it was like, shit, Shea Weber's competing again, if not Brent Burns or Carlson, obviously, but Shea Weber was always there, and just the goal production is why I had to slide him in. Just scores 10. so many and goals. D, I had Wierenski there um, for the longest time, I literally like threw these two in the air, but uh, Shea just slid lit up with the uh, veteran presence and just I know I'm getting a 100 mile per hour shot on that power play from him that I like I just think Wierenski just I have a hard like he was so good last year like I yeah, I loved I loved Wierenski coming in um I think I had him as one of you know my sleeper or rookie defenseman guys coming into last year and he was just so good last year like similar to what you said last episode D I just have a hard time believing like like Pasternak like I have a hard time believing that they're really going to be able to improve on those numbers cuz he he was I mean 11 goals 36 assists as a rookie defenseman is almost Phenomenal. unheard of coming in in your second year like it's going to be hard for him to really I think move into that top you know top 10 elite defenseman but I love him as a you know a top 15 top 20 guy. Uh he's on the outside looking in for me. For me number 6 is Roman Yossi. You guys have talked about him a little bit already. Uh he he failed the top 50 points last year thanks to a sluggish start. I remember this time last year we were just like 
predators, predators, hey. predators, 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 predators. Like, it's all we talked about almost every episode. We're like, oh, my Remember God. Yo, yo, see, yeah, I know. Yeah, we were right. We It just took us a little while for it to come to fruition. But we were like, oh, my God. Yossi and Subban, same power play unit. Holy shit. This is going to be crazy. Uh, but over the Ryan last Ellis four years. on the second pair. Yeah, yeah it's gross. <laughs> it's filthy. But, yeah, over the last four years, Yossi's tied for seventh among defensemen in goals and assists. Fifth in points over that span. So, there's really no denying his his output. Uh, just got named captain yesterday, so I Huge. like Yossi. Uh, I don't think that really affects it at all, unless uh, <laughs> you know, unless Mike Fisher's wife decides to break up with him and Carrie Underwood starts dating Roman Yossi because she has a thing I'll for Predators captains. I'm not gonna start the rumor mill, what? but you never know. Uh, <laughs> but if it does happen, you heard it here first. Yeah, if it does happen, he's gonna be the number one defenseman in the world. Mike Fisher is way better looking than Roman. Uh, Rossi isn't bad looking though. We're not gonna go there. This is a fantasy hockey podcast, not a lifestyle. Came and went, bro. Number seven is a name we have not heard on the podcast yet today. I have Justin Falk. Uh, oh. he, he doesn't seem to get nearly any attention, but he is still Speaking only flow. He's still only twenty five years old. He has fifteen plus goals in three straight seasons. Sixth among defensemen in that court category over that span. Um, Really, he's just an elite goal scorer at the position. I remember a couple of years ago, his power play production was just like through the roof to start the year, and it cooled off a little bit. Uh, but he does a ton of power play damage. Uh, top 20 in power play points among D-men since 2014-15. I think that team has a lot to offer coming into this year. I th- He's the clear-cut number one. He's going to see time next to Noah Hannafin, who's an absolute stud as well. I just think that you're, you're going to be hard-pressed to find another guy who has 20-goal, 30-upside, or 20-goal, 30-assist upside, sorry, uh, at this point in the draft. Uh, number eight, Dustin Bufflin. Guy's just literally, like, it's just an absolute freight train. Uh, <laughs> just does it all. Um, yeah. I don't. There's not much really to say. Like, he literally just contributes in all facets of fantasy hockey, which is just very difficult to find. So his, his ranking, though, really does just kind of... Uh, waver between what kind of league you're in. Like, it, it could be, yeah. you know, a league that counts pims or hits or whatever, and it changes. Like, he could go from, two, you know, eight to two, and one in, in, depending on what league you're in. But over the past four years, he's first in defenseman in penalty minutes, fourth in points, fifth in goals, and 12th in power play points. I mean, it's hard to keep him outside of your top 10 just because those are just ridiculous numbers across the board. But again, it depends what kind of league you're in. Uh, number nine, P.K. Subban. Uh, for me, I like, honestly, on draft day, I'd probably take Subban over Bufflin. But uh, like we mentioned, injury risk has been an issue for him in the past. Missed uh, only 12 games in his first five years. Now missed a total of 30 in each of the last two, which is a little bit scary. A little bit combined dis- the last two. Yeah, yeah, over the last two. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. a little bit disappointed first year in Nashville. Only you know forty points in sixty six games. I guess isn't terrible, but again, I think it's just the uh, the injury bug that got him. It's a it's a stout offense in Nashville. I mean, they're gonna do some damage. They're gonna do some damage on the power play. Now that Ryan Ellis is out too, uh, Subban's gonna be. I guess just like the, the, if he's not the immediate number one, then Yossi's the immediate number two in terms of power play production. Uh, so I have him at nine. And number 10, another guy we haven't talked about yet, and it's probably because he plays in the desert, but Oliver Ekman Larson's a guy that I absolutely love. Ooh, uh, love for the Zona. Had to. 
Always, you know, I gotta love it. But again, he's another one of those guys who just scores a ton of goals. Yeah. Uh, Dirty desert. He scored <laughs> scored twenty plus goals and averaged three point two shots per game, which is pretty impressive from a defenseman over the last over the two years leading up to last year. Uh, but he scored just twelve goals with one point eight shots per game last year. Uh, quite quite a dip in production from him, uh, which is a little bit scary. But I think that team is going to improve quite a bit this year. I. Uh, Again, he's one of the few guys I look at and I say he could score 20 goals with 30-plus assists. For me, I think you guys are looking more towards the guys with consistent production. I'm looking yep. for the guys that are going to go out there and they're going to score me 20 goals on the blue line. Uh, but I, another guy I think that we need to mention a little bit is Dougie Hamilton. None of us talked about him at all. Uh, he had an amazing year last year. 13 goals, 37 assists for 50 points. He's been one of the most consistent blue liners over the last three years. Ranks tied for 11th among defensemen in goals and 17th in points over that span. So I just wanted to shed a little bit of light on him because... Don't sleep on Dougie. Yeah, you shouldn't sleep on Dougie. And you know what, guys? I really do love Kevin Shattenkirk. I love the move to New York. But he fell just outside my top 10. I have him at number 12 behind Dougie. So uh, that is our top 10 defensemen for the 2017-18 Fancy hockey season. After you listen to some glorious blue stones, we'll come back with our sleeper, breakout, bust, and rookie defenseman. So we'll see you guys back here in a minute. It's not over now. Don't let your flag turn away. It's not over now. Not this So blow a kiss and wrap me up in darkness Make it quick before the feeling sticks and holds I can't see no other way to come So pick up your bags and we can start something new again Episode 4 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. We're really holding strong here. We got a new logo. We look great on Twitter. Look great on iTunes. And we sound even better. Just popping our tires. Wait, did we switch the iTunes picture? I'm trying. I, I don't even know how to do it. But we're working oh, on man. it. I'm probably going to sneeze my face off. We got this cat sitting right beside me. Just mad chilling. I'm going to send a pic soon. Because this thing Mentioning is hilarious. Your pussy Man, I am like I, I'm so allergic to cats. Like it's just brutal. Like I'm just yet dying you gave over it the right freaking luxury sweets of of thing next to you. Like you gave it a I know. Yeah, 
I don't want to hear it. I'm just, I, I hate cash, but like, I'm just too much of a nice guy. Like, I didn't want to like see this thing just freeze outside the 90 the degree take. weather. Yeah, I was just say, dude, it's like, yeah, I was, I was wearing a tank top today, sweating my. Uh, <laughs> Buying this narrative, top. you're trying to drive. Well, it clear, it clearly climbed up into the car because it was cold. You know, it, it didn't sit on the engine for fun. It's like 30 degrees. It outside, was so right? hot today. It's a cat. I don't know. I'm not a cat. I don't think like they do. Maybe they're cold. I don't know. It looks pretty comfortable right now. That's for sure. Just mad chill. It's got its arms crossed. It's feeling good. But anyways, let's talk about some sleepers, boys. D, I feel like you have a sleeper that I just recently talked about because we talked about it over the break. So we might as well start with you. That was a nice segue, Brock. I'm good, trying. Man. You know, that was, that was awesome. they're gonna start. They're gonna start calling me Brock Segway soon. Brock's just stressing <laughs> all his words today, too. Uh, okay, so I'm going to talk about Oliver Ekman Larson real quick. Um, <laughs> a little bit more than Brock just did. Uh, going to push him as a sleeper. I actually, you know, if I did some more extensive rankings, I would have had him at 11. It was between him and Keith for my 10, but I was like, you know, you know what? I'll just talk about him as a sleeper instead. <laughs> Way more fun. Exactly. So uh, Ekman Larson, currently the 17th D-man off the board right now on average in Yahoo Standard Leagues, which is crazy to me. He's going behind the likes of... Uh, Brock's favorite guy, Shea Weber, Drew Doughty, Mark Giordano, and even our very own Rasmus Ristolainen. Okay, um, hold on. I wanted to bring really this up. We're not going to talk I, about I, I, Ristos being overdrafted right now, right? I, I wanted, <laughs> we're not going to talk about it? No, we're, not, we're, we're not. But I just wanted, I almost said it earlier, I'm like, okay, we made it 20 minutes without saying Risto. We made it 25, and then we actually yeah. made it a full half. It's wanted, because he's getting overdrafted, and none of us want to talk yep. about it. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> he's going between Petrangelo, Giordano, Larson, yeah. Anyway, um, love Risto, and I'm not saying he, you know, won't live up to those numbers. I'm just, I don't know if it's likely. Um, anyway, coming off a disappointing season last year, this is Ekman Larson we're talking about again now. Registered just 39 points, 79 games. Brock alluded to this. Remarkably, OEL went from 264 shots three seasons ago, 228 the season following, to just 145 last year. It's a crazy drop. Don't really know what to make of it. Uh, yeah, I don't. That's what I was thinking. Like, I didn't have anything to like dive into because I didn't get it. No, I was trying to look into it, man. It's weird. Um, I was trying to look in, you know, for stories about maybe about like his. If anyone kind of looked into it last year, covering the Coyotes about why you know he's just not shooting as much. Um, surprise, there's not a lot of coverage surrounding the Coyotes on a consistent basis. Weird. <laughs> um, but you know, I think. Uh, what also drives people away from Ekman Larson right now, he boasted a minus 25 rating last year. Um, you know, we've talked about plus minus. Yeah, it's a joke of a stat. Uh, but still, nonetheless, very much uh, a thing in most fantasy leagues and a thing that you can, you know, kind of predict. It's very much tied to the team that the player is on. Um, so, for example, if you're coming down between uh, Ekman Larson and maybe Duncan Keith, maybe you go with Keith because he's far more likely to have a positive plus minus and most likely a very good plus minus playing on a team like Chicago. Can I interject um, for a second? <laughs> go for it, dude. Okay, that's fair. But would it be easier to find somebody with a good plus minus or find an additional 12 goals on the blue line? Because Keith isn't going to score double digits where Ekman Larson could score 20. Yeah, yeah, it's... It, in the end, it all comes down to what you need, right? To me, I just I like to totally disregard plus minus when I'm. Yeah, so that's what I'm thinking too. Because usually, uh, 
in the end, it kind of balances itself out, and maybe you you, you end up around even when you disregard it because you're basing more off talent and actual point production, which kind of you know goes hand in hand with good teams in the end. Uh, but then again, there was guys like Justin Falk who I left out of my top ten. Uh, yeah, he does score a lot of goals, but I don't see Carolina getting any better this year. So when it comes down to a guy like Falk or Ekman Larson, uh, I kind of like the cast around Ekman Larson a little bit more this year, especially that decor. Um, I'm not even worried about who Ekman Larson ends up with at this point, whether it be Demers, whether it be Goligoski or Jarmoshin. Um, he's in a really good spot right now. Uh, so, yeah, to answer your question, Brock, obviously I, I would rely on the goals a little bit more. But at the same time, if I'm taking on Justin Falk, I have to basically – you can't really assume anything better than minus 15 over 18 <laughs> games. They're going to be a playoff team. Cannot. Best defense. cannot. I agree. Uh, totally agree. I don't think so. Um, but anyway – uh so yeah it's just like it's a thing it's there it's what people look at it's why it's driving down the adp of a guy like ekman larson uh do i think you should completely disregard it it it's kind of to me it's you either do or you don't you can't look at it for one guy and not look at it for another guy uh when you're drafting a team so i guess that's the take on it um but yeah like all that considered arizona should be way better this year at least at even strength uh kind of quietly put together one of the more solid defensive core in the league. Obviously, that's all built around Ekman Larson. I love the Jason Demers trade. Um, What a good trade. I would expect to see OEL's possession rates and shot production rise closer to his career average this season. It'll be a lot... It'll be. I'm really interested to see kind of what happens with his shot production. Uh, Would love to see him get close to 200 shots again. If he does, he's... uh, like Brock said, 20 goal, 50 point threat. And that kind of goal production on the back end absolutely should not be slept on. So, there you go. Don't sleep on him. Nope. Um, Brock, you can. You want to go, or you want me to? I got a hilarious sleeping joke. If I'm going though. Yeah, you go ahead then. <laughs> okay. I well, can't even wait for it. Oh yeah. Well, um, what's what's one thing that a lot of people are afraid of um, when they're sleeping? It's ghosts. So I'm picking <laughs> Shane Goss's bear, but that's Jesus. not why. Um, basically, um, I'm picking Shane Goss's bear because this is someone who uh, I, I don't. I, I mean, can, that was we a call, reach. can we call him a sleeper after? Yeah, I know. Can we call him a sleeper after last year he came into the year considered like a top five fantasy defenseman by some people? I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. he like he this he this time last year he was my bust. Yeah, he busted and then he sleep. Now he's back to sleeper status. Yeah, sleeper and bust are all about relative, you know, to the market okay. rating. And yeah. Yada, well, yada, so. the ghost uh, he seemingly seemed to bust last year after the first half of the season. Um, kind of cur- turned it on. Um, for the second half, he, he actually got healthy scratched at some points last year, which had people just going crazy in fantasy. Um, but this is someone who, um, as I mentioned, to start last year, some people were considering in the top five almost, but certainly for top 10 as far as fantasy production goes. And that was based off of um, his phenomenal year, a year before when he had 17 goals and 46 points in 64 games. Um, Ghost is one of those guys where... Um, he plays on the power play all the time, and that's where that's where majority of his so production comes from. Many and he is so good there that I don't really care what he does during regular ice time. I just want him for those power play minutes. Um, I actually closed out the year with eight points in his final ten games um, last year to kind of you know finish off what was a super disappointing campaign. But he closed out seventh among defensemen in power play points, um, something that I could definitely see going up, and tenth in shots on goals among all defensemen. Um, just just falling a bit shy of 200. So if the ghost can continue to get pucks on net and, uh, and he lost quite a bit of ice time um, during his, during the, the, the stretch where he was struggling there. Um, Ivan Provenov kind of stepped in. Um, but, um, but 
I could definitely see the ghost coming back into being, you know, that number one option for offense on what should be a better Philadelphia team now that they have Nolan Patrick as well as, um, you know, a couple of those guys, Drew, are looking to have a bounce back here. But I like Ghost a lot. Um, I see him going really late in drafts. If he's your third defenseman that you're going to get in the league, um, that's a pretty phenomenal upside that he carries just uh, strictly off that power play time there. For sure. Yeah. Um, just, you know, to kind of piggyback off what Beavs has said, it's funny because I feel like all all the good luck goes Spearhead is kind of rookie season just came back and bent in the entirely opposite direction last year. Like For he sure. shot eleven point two on one hundred and fifty two shots in his rookie season, ended up firing almost fifty more shots last year, one hundred and ninety eight, but shot just three and a half percent. His power play production nearly went up. It was just obviously the, the goals were really there, uh, and even his possession rates improved last year. So. Uh, I totally on board with the mm-hmm. Beavs. I, I think, you know, all kind of the shitty, if you want to call it bad luck, but even the bad rap he got, um, you know, not getting getting scratched yeah, for healthy. however many games he got scratched. Made no right. sense. That's going to drive down the rating going into this year, right? Yeah. Like, who knows? Anytime you have, like, an unconfident coaching staff, if a guy's not even guaranteed to be the sixth defenseman, one of the sixth defensemen out there every night. like That's yeah, ridiculous. It's like he's either number but, three or he's number seven. And exactly yeah so to me yeah i agree it's totally overblown still 19 and a half minutes a night last night so a lot of room to grow a lot of things to like about glasses bear so yeah i'm on board appreciate that yeah no absolutely and like you said he's gonna probably fall somewhere between that ridiculous first year and that unlucky second year yeah which well, I is mean, we always say it right like anytime you see those kind of those back-to-back seasons or um like you know, the upside and the downside. And the truth usually lies somewhere in the middle, which the middle here, you know, is some pretty good. Uh, double di- double digit points. goals. Yeah, double exactly. digit goals, 35 assists. Good year. Yeah. Top 20 defenseman for sure. Uh, it's worth noting that your guys, both your guys' sleepers ranked number one and number two in power play time on ice per game last hey. year. Yeah. So, lot to like about that. Uh, Gosses Bear was actually number one, three forty nine per game, and Ekman Larson number two, three forty one was actually. Is that top for D man or uh, yeah for for D man oh. for D man right? And Ekman Larson uh, was actually tied with Eric Carlson. Uh, for me, I like both of those guys. Obviously, a lot to like there. Uh, for me, it's weird. You know, I always kind of say stay away from the injured guys, but I'm going back to the well here uh, of guys who you know were a little bit banged up last year. For me, it's Aaron Ekblad, <laughs> a guy that's got a ton of love on this show. Wins are alert, baby. Uh, you know, his first two years, like it's, it's hard to deny, they were pretty strong. Uh, a bit of injury concerns last year, especially. It's a little bit nerve wracking when you see guys running into running into concussion issues. Uh, but there's a little hot to like about Ekblad. He's going to play massive minutes out in Florida, right next to his boy Keith Yandel, especially on the power play. Uh, and he, again, one of those few guys you could really lean on to to post a ton of shots. Uh, he had 225 shots in just 68 games last year. So if you you know if you balance that out over 82 games, that's just so many shots. It's just a matter of staying healthy. He's got double digit goals. <laughs> I thought you did the math for a second. No, I didn't feel like it. I didn't. But that's just so many shots. It's just too many shots. I mean, I could do the math, but I don't even feel like it right now. It's over 250 for sure. He's only 21 too, so he's just... He's, Here, I'll yeah, do like it right he, now. He was, he, was lo- he was looking at as one of the best... Like He still is honestly one of the best two-way defensemen in the league, so he might not be the greatest uh, you know, fantasy defenseman, but he has a ton of fantasy upside because he's 271 shots that can score 20 plus or sorry 
double-digit goals for fun. And, yeah. uh, you know, 20-plus, 30-plus assists. You know, the sky is just the limit for Ekblad. Again, like you said, Beeb's just 21 years old. Uh, I apologize if I started yelling there. I had to mute my computer because I opened up ESPN and an ad popped up and just absolutely hate blasted my hate eardrums. That. Like, I, I, went, I actually went deaf. I think. I'm not even sure. Somehow ESPN has uh, Ekblad projected to play 11 more games than last year, but okay. with four fewer shots. So I'm not really right. not really feeling that love. But uh, I just think Ekblad... I feel like, you know, the, the Panthers, they're not going to be like a lot better team than they were last year. They're not going to be any worse. I think they'll be, you know, a middle-of-the-pack Eastern Conference team. Ekblad has got a great, great... Yeah, Bob Bugner coaching yeah. another Windsor alert. I... Uh, He's going to just see so many minutes. It's tough not to. Is it like? And I wanted to point out before we moved on as well. Uh, I did a little look at the ADPs. I know you you took a look earlier, D, and said it is a little bit too early to invest a lot of stock in the Yahoo ADPs mm-hmm. right now. But I took a look at them and I cross referenced them with my rankings. And uh, two of the guys that are going way later than I have them ranked at D is Oliver ekman Larson, who I have ranked number 52 overall. He's going at number 78 overall. So that's a full two rounds later than I think he should be going. And then Goss's Bear as well. I have him ranked at 100, uh, and he's going at 118. So again, two rounds almost, two full rounds, round and a half later than he should be. So two guys that you should and, not uh, be sleeping on. Just again, real quick, um, kind of to help build your case for Ekblad Brock, uh, one of the more troubling things last year, as far as you know, his fantasy production goes, he dropped off from 21 assists the year before to just 11 last year. Um, can yep. almost directly be explained actually by his on-ice shooting percentage. Well, do you guys uh, not remember this last year? Yeah, like every episode, every, every episode, we were like, single we're like, okay, a uh, uh, guy to pick up would probably be Aaron Ekblad because his on-ice yeah. shooting percentage is point zero nine. Uh, it's right. pretty much but, but, unexplainable. I mean, we, we did see it steadily rise, you know, a little bit. As it should. Too, right? But it still ended up at 5.2. Uh, it was 10.0 the year before, which is probably too high to really rely on. But, you know, 7.8 career average, uh, I think, is, you know, much more reasonable, like what you would expect. Uh, on a shooting percentage, uh, really, you know, there's no direct effect Ekblad has that. Uh, it's more or less just the sum of his uh, shooting percentage of, the t- of his teammates when he's on the ice. Um so yeah, again, that would be enough to get him back around 20 assists and um, you know shoot a little bit closer to square average as well. And we're looking at maybe a 2020 guy off the back end. It, yeah, that's that's the thing too. Like he just has he just has more upside than a lot of the guys going around him. For I sure. think I For think sure. that like even in his rookie year, you saw him put up 12 goals, 27 assists, and then we kind of expected him to build off that. Never happened. Then okay, you know, sophomore slump or whatever. Expected to build off it, never happened. So I, I feel like twenty goals or twelve goals, twenty seven assists is a bit of his floor ish, like right around that range. It should be considered his floor yeah. if he's yeah. healthy. The guy's still just twenty. Yeah, twenty one. It's crazy. Wild. Twenty one. You're right. You're right. You're he'll be twenty two in. Uh, he'll be twenty two in February, which is huge. So, That's anyways, let's move along. Too, so let's not forget that. Yeah, well, whoa, my whoa. sister, but what are we going <laughs> to... Talked about this, I think, every episode. Three years last younger year too. than us, but... <laughs> Anyways, D, who's your breakout coming to this year? Uh, Colton Pareko, another oh, guy the boy. who we, we talked about a lot last year. Um, and, you know, I feel like he had a bit of a breakout last year, uh, but I'm, you know, expecting more, obviously, this year. He fired 188 shots last year, 
somehow scored absolutely no goals at even strength, which is crazy. Um, Not one. And super unlikely to happen again, I guess, is the major you know takeaway from that. Um, finished with four goals, 31 assists on the year. All four goals came on the power play. Uh, going to have a lot more opportunity on the power play this season. He was second in power play time for Blues defensemen behind only Petrangelo following the Shattenkirk trade. Uh, saw a lot of times the top unit after that happened. Scored at uh, just scoring at a league average pace. Sorry for defensemen. Would have given Pareko a 40 point campaign a year ago. Um, but obviously, you're not scoring at all at even strength. Uh, however, that happens is going to bring down your goal tally a little bit. Um, so currently, he's going on average in the 12th round of standard leagues. Uh, can be slightly luckier at even strength and produce on the power play. I think 45 points is more than attainable. Um, if not more, we've kind of seen his shot production grow over the last couple of years. Could certainly happen again this year. And like I said, you, you should probably see his minutes up around closer to 25 than 20 this season. Um, so really, for me, he's just a great value grab for where he's going right now. So that's why I got him as my breakout. Yeah, like he went 40 games and 100 shots with no goals. That's, that's just, crazy. I, re- I remember when Riley Sheehan was going through his struggles. We were kind of looking at all the guys who were leading the league in shots without goals. And it was Pareko, 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 Pareko for a while. And then he finally scored, and then it was Sheehan. Uh, but yeah, 40 games and 100 shots without a goal. And then finally, uh, shot 101, decided to go in. Uh, if nothing else, the, the the move of Kevin Shattenkirk, obviously it happened last year. So uh, the end of the year, he got to kind of see what Pareko could be. But, the, you know, a full year as the you know the solidified number two defenseman there behind Petrangelo should definitely help. And if nothing else, even if his 30th, 31 assists is his floor for assists, that puck has got to go on the net a little more. Like he's just too good offensively yeah. for him to not push. For he's net. actually got a good shot too. He's got a great play. shot. That's the thing. Like yeah. for him to just shoot at two point one percent, that's just not going to happen again. Uh, he he should absolutely shoot for double digit goals. He's definitely at least a forty, uh, you know, ten goal, thirty assist guy this year for sure. I like it. I you know I'm trying not to talk too much, but every every guy you guys bring it up, I absolutely yeah, love. Like Pareko, Pareko, you guys are just feed me. Just put it on a tee. I'm trying to hit him out of the park. <laughs> I'm trying here. to get y'all excited over there. I'm ready to sneeze my face off. This, this cat's just getting closer by the yeah. minute. Well, I'm about to hit you with a cleft bomb, then, Brock. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm on fire. Yeah, uh, Jesus. <laughs> my breakout is um, Oscar Clefbaum, though the Edmonton Oilers. Um, so there's been a ton of hype this season and last season, as there should be around the Oilers forwards, Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, um, when it comes to fantasy production, but there's, um, you know, every team that has great forwards has to have at least someone, you know, picking up those secondary assists, those, those other points, um, kind of feeding off their great forwards. And I think Oscar Clefbaum, uh, falls right into that category for the Edmonton Oilers. Um, at 24 years old, Clefbaum's kind of just fully breaking into, um, it's slowly becoming the number one. I, I don't know. Would you call him the number one out in Edmonton now? Brock, oh, you know a, zil- a zillion okay. percent. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't watch necessarily enough Edmonton games to make that claim. But yeah, he, um, 26, or sorry, wow. Oh, okay, we're just going to step back. So 38 points last year. Um, 12 of them were goals. 16 of them were assists. So that's 12 goals. Double-digit um, goals from a, a defenseman is always extremely nice, and that's something that I see him building off of. Um, 16 of his points came on the power play last season. Again, something that I just see growing, especially with how lethal that power play um, is in Edmonton. Anyone who's playing with McDavid, like, we 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 ourselves when anyone plays alongside Jesus. him. 
<laughs> anytime anyone normally plays <laughs> alongside him on any other line. So any so with Clefbaum stepping in on a power play, um, as mentioned earlier, those secondaries assists and stuff like that's only going to build off of that. Um, so look for him to be drafted on a lot of teams as their fourth or um, I'm not too sure how many D most standard teams have their third or fourth defender. And if that is someone you could pick up late, um, he is someone who is going to be the number one in Edmonton, as we mentioned, and a phenomenal number one um, to have um, as your fourth option on your defense pairing. And uh, someone who I could see breaking into kind of top 15 status for fantasy defensemen this year. Yeah, he's one guy that I, I still can't even get over what you just said. I was I'm baffled right now. I, I'm, I'm trying to gather myself. I always mark down like at points where we said stupid ass shit where we got to like go back and correct it. So like right now I've got at four minutes, I said fuck. So now I'm going to have to mark that again. At 24 minutes, I coughed. And at 57.14, ourselves. So those are we're gonna have to go back and. Uh, I and- I really want to say that's my fault for telling you guys I was cracking a Muskoka cream ale. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, or so for that I'm sorry. Late night thoughts, boys. Eleven thirty. Jesus. Late, late podcast. <laughs> those are some late night thoughts. <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> but uh, I I've taken quite a bit of flack for my projections of Clefbaum. Simply because a lot of Oilers fans have been happy to point out to me that Clefbaum really didn't see that number one power play ice time until midway through last year. Uh, So if you look from January 1st on, Clefbaum actually was tied for 16th among defensive scoring uh, with 7 goals, 19 assists, which is 26 points over 45 games. That's what you said, top 15. Crazy. Yeah, so that uh, that tied him with Ryan Ellis over that span. Uh, and then at the same time, <laughs> he was also top 10 in power play points uh, for you know the last few months of the season. So when he started seeing uh, some increased power play usage, you know, it went a long way. And obviously now they've seen what he could do uh, in that spot. He's going to come into this year and just see even more uh, power play time. I'm going to go a little bit off the board with my breakout. I have Shea Theodore of the Vegas Golden Knights. Crazy. Crazy. Hey, wild, that's the man. first. I think that's the, the first, first one. Yeah, that's the first one. Probably the only one to be featured. Yeah, most likely. But uh, show Shea. For a few seasons. <laughs> I, you know, Shea was uh, a, a guy that I was pretty high on in years past. Uh, so but he just sure. never really got the opportunity at Anaheim. And then he kind of just got pushed out. They, they they left him pretty much you know exposed. They they wanted to protect you know Sammy Vatnin and Josh Manson. Said a lot about Kim Brandon Ballard. Brandon Montour, you know by by basically just giving up Shea Theodore to the Golden Knights. So, uh, but he's posted really really strong offensive numbers at the AHL level. Uh, had a strong showing in a couple stints in the NHL last year. He's uh or sorry over those two NHL stints, he has 17 points in 53 career NHL games. Uh, which is pretty good for a young defenseman. Uh, now in now, now in Vegas, uh, as yeah. long as he doesn't party too hard, uh, Theodore should see a, a massive Allegedly. role on a young uh, blue line. Uh, you know, a, a blue line doesn't really have a ton of talent, so Theodore should probably lead the way in terms of uh, power play ice time on the blue line. Should see some huge minutes uh, as a quarterback of a power play. You know. You, even if it's not a great power play, if you're the you're still quarterback of the number one unit, yeah, that's enough to really, you know, give you 10 goal, 20, 30 assist upside. Uh, I think Theodore can really enjoy a strong campaign out, campaign out there. You know, it, it, it all, yeah, I don't know what happened there. 
but <laughs> it's probably the cat. But anyways, uh, that I, tongue. Yeah, I also want to mention <laughs> Motor. Uh, he <laughs> obviously, I think what? we talked about this before. The Ducks. What are you guys laughing about? I want to mention Montour. <laughs> how did you just pronounce it? Yeah, name? what? Montour. Because that's not how you pronounce it. Brandon Montour. Montour? Whoever's wondering. That's perfect. Uh, just, just go ahead. Go I think ahead. I nailed it. But obviously, <laughs> yeah. I think we mentioned this. DB and you talked about it a little bit after mm-hmm. the expansion draft. Uh, that leaving Theodore unprotected, letting the Golden Knights take him, obviously said a lot about Montour. Uh, did I get that time right? Nice. Yeah, that was better. Right he has a ton of offensive upside. He's got great skateability, elite shot. He has the potential to be quite the asset on the Ducks power play. Uh, he averaged 16 goals and 42 assists. So that's 58 points per 68 games over the last two AHL seasons. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah, wow. So those are really, really, really high end. Is Montour you're talking about? Yeah, really <laughs> high end numbers. And uh, Montour <laughs> is going to have a chance to really see some important minutes early in the season. You know, Hoppus Lindholm, injured. Sammy Fatten, injured. You guys are driving me nuts. I can't breathe, man. This cat. I'm having a hard go. I can't even breathe through my nostrils right now. Lindholm, I was going to let Lonholm go. I know. I was I trying to let it go, too. Nope. But anyways, Lindholm and Vatten both injured. So Montour is going to step into a big role right off the bat. And, you know, it all depends if he steps into that role does very well it could be a role that he sees uh throughout the entire season so they right, were yeah. teammates right. last year but not teammates anymore but both my I think... only uh sorry go ahead i'm, I'm done i'm but... done you guys have cut me off enough i'm ready for it. <laughs> proxy gan uh i i just i know how randy carlisle feels about young puck moving defensemen um you've seen so that in the past about brandon montour's you know kind of fate over a full 82 game season uh so that's it that's all i want <laughs> that's all i got throwing that randy jab well he no he just plays the tight it's not even a randy jab it's just to no. speak towards the characteristic yeah. is the players that uh make high risk high reward plays carlisle would just rather not in my experience i just think that he has no choice but to lead on him really heavily to start no the you're year, right and that's right. kind of just he's like i think he's just worth that late round flyer for the sole yes. reason for those first couple weeks while they're down two defensemen, yeah. two key, 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 22-plus minute a night defensemen, mm-hmm. he's uh-huh. got no choice but to play him. Uh-huh. So yeah. hopefully yeah. he takes and, that you know, opportunity. I'm and, not, and, like I said, I'm not trying to shit on Randy Carlisle. He, he like drastically co- drastically changed his coaching style um, his first season in Anaheim than his last season in Toronto. So, you know, obviously, I guess you learn from getting fired. But. <laughs> getting fired really uh, usually changes your mindset on things, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, D, let's talk about uh, your bust. Okay. Um, I'm going to talk about Drew Doughty. This isn't just going to be like, here, let's all come shit on Drew Doughty real quick. Yep. I'm not out here arguing Drew Doughty isn't a great defenseman. Uh, simply out here arguing that his offensive talents and projections don't justify making him the 10th fantasy D-man off the board as he is currently right now in Yahoo Standard Leagues. So he's going around the 50th pick overall. Uh, Doughty coming off a 12-goal, 44-point campaign off a full 82 games. Uh, Doughty has scored more than 15 goals just once in his career way back in 2009. Uh, He rode an 11.3 shooting percentage that year to a 16-goal season 
Uh, that shooting percentage almost double his career average, by the way. So Doughty, uh, top 15 goals just once, top 50 points only twice in his career. Uh, and it's really hard to imagine a scenario in which he does it this year. His shot production has been steadily declining the last three seasons, as has his ice time. Uh, I'd project Doughty to come in much closer to 40 points this season, somewhere around 10 goals and 30 assists. Obviously not terrible. It's a decent floor. Uh, but Brock's talking about guys you can get in the 12th, 13th, 14th rounds who might be able to give you 10 goals and 30 assists. Um, so nowhere near the upside of the guys going around or after him, um, i.e. the Wierenskis, Hamiltons, or Shattenkirks, even the Shea Weber if you want to go there. So, uh, yeah, stay away from Drew Doughty. Uh, unless he hangs around like four rounds longer than Yahoo says it should. Because uh, there's really, there's not the upside there that kind of the major sports hockey media would like you to believe. It's just not there. Still a very good defenseman, still a very good player at even strength. Um, just doesn't seem to have, have that high, high end offensive skill that's going to make him a 50 point threat year after year. Yeah, he's a nice stable floor, nice mid 40s stable floor. He'll get you double digits every year, but or like double digit goals every year, forty points, whatever. But yeah, he's kind of similar to a guy like Pacioretty, you know, nice table floor, not the high end upside. Uh, I know I have him ranked around seventy. He's going around, like you said, the fifty point or uh, fifty mark right now. So a little bit earlier than I would obviously appreciate as well. I just think like some of these guys, their names just carry way too much weight. You know, the yeah, teams, absolutely, yeah, the Dowdies, but Keith. I think I think that we also forget how much the Kings have kind of just fallen apart over oh, the years God, yeah. too. Like they they are going to be pretty. They're not pretty the bad this year, right? And that's another thing too, right? If you're looking at uh, plus minus, he's not the safe bet for you know plus ten, fifteen, twenty seasons. Not like he used to be. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys had the choice, who would you take on draft day? Drew Doughty or our boy Risto? Oh shit. Yeah, it would honestly kind of depend where I'm at at that point in the team. I know it's not the straight-up yes or no answer you're looking for. Um, if I'm feeling, like, more desperate, not desperate, but if I thought, like, my team really needed more high-end talent, I might go Ristolainen just for the higher upside. Yeah. Generally, I would say Doughty. Um, but, yeah. No. That's, the the uh, fact that Risto Risto put up forty five points with a forty three point eight Corsi four is just absurd. Yeah. Legend, Risto's yeah, the like if they, legend it, Brock. Yeah, haven't you learned? Like, I don't know. I don't know if that's just like a knock on Risto, if it's a knock on that team as a whole. But like if they Risto improve and he and he improves like as he gets more mature, like he could be ridiculous. Like we might right? just right, we might just ride this Risto train to glory. We the we might just change it to the Risto podcast. I'm, I'm all not ab- sure. I'm all aboard the Risto train. So <laughs> I'm down. I'm down. All right, peeps. Uh, who's Risto your bus? Line, no, but yeah, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna go off on Risto a little bit, but we'll talk about it at the very end of the show. We'll we'll, we'll close sure, sure, we'll sure. close it on a Risto uh, Risto sure, note. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. You want my bus? Yes, sir. Um. Okay. So kind of taking the same theme that I have the last couple weeks. So I'm drafting or so my bus is again someone who's. Not necessarily going to have a bust year. They're just getting drafted way too high. Kind of the same thing as D's doing. But, um, Brock, you're not going to like this, but I got Dustin Bufflin as my bust this year. Um, I know you said he's an absolute truck, and I don't take that away from him. Um, it was he, a free trade. Yep, there we go. Um, he's, <laughs> he's a career 20-goal uh, scorer on average. That's something we do know, but that's, um, that's something that went down last year. And 
um, as he finished the year with only 13 goals. And there's something that kind of contributed to that that's very, very key for Bufflin and fantasy production. And I think that that is a certain 18-year-old, well, now 19, named Patrick Laine, who's the new number one shooting option on the power play for uh, Winnipeg. Basically, um, Bufflin has had his, you know, his before it was feed feed the buff. Now it's a uh, feed Patrick Line, which in turn gives means that Bufflin is uh, going to put up career years like he did last year with his uh, 41 assists, I believe that was last year, or no, not 39. even last year, sorry, um, 39, which was only two off his career high total um, from way back in 2011. But um, we saw his assists go up, and that that's great. But as we've mentioned before, you can get um, you can get assists from almost all your defensemen. And one thing that I, uh, if, if where he's being taken is around the fourth best defenseman. And for someone like him, I just, I don't expect the kind of goals that he's been giving us. And I do see a lot higher upside with guys around him. I just don't like, um, I don't like the idea of people seeing those defensemen come off the board, seeing the Carlson, the Burns, the Hedman, and then people grabbing Bufflin right after that, because it just, I don't know, it doesn't sit well with me. Also, can I just mention one thing that people used to always say to me about Bufflin that just made me want to smack them? They'd be like, but he has winger eligibility too, man. And it's like, when are you ever going to use a defenseman at winger? Anyways, that's done. I just wanted to touch upon that. Um, But yeah, so Bufflin for me, I'm just, I'm staying away from him. He's now 33 years old. He's, He's breaking down. Um, <laughs> maybe not breaking down, but um, I just you can't break a freight train. Is uh, the numbers last year weren't weren't as pretty as a lot of people hoped, and I just I, I don't see that trend changing. Um, he's still gonna get you your fifty points. To get, don't get me wrong. Um, I do I would give him that, but I just I can't justify picking him as the fourth best defenseman when he's only giving you say twelve, thirteen goals and fifty points. The only thing that I'd say to argue that is like last year we see them shoot at. Just 5.4%, which is reasonable for a defenseman. But 7.2% for his career. He still shot over 240 shots. And we talked about this, I think, last episode with Lane, and I think the episode before about Shifley is that we see the Jets' shot volume decrease last year, like almost across Across the board. board, And it was was just weird. So if that improves this year and we see it rise back up a bit – it, it should help Bufflin, if anything. Uh, I I do agree on the line A front a little bit. You know, feeding line A is not a bad idea at any time. Uh, but at the same time, Bufflin played twenty over 27 minutes a night last year. So he's still going to be leaned on heavily, yeah. and he's still a safe bet. But I don't disagree with... I don't think I've ever owned him because he does always seem to go a Never. little early than I would take him. Uh so I I don't disagree with him maybe being a bust at where he's drafted, but I still I mean I included him in I think we might have all included him in our top tens, but I also uh, see guys like um, Jakob Truba kind of taking a step forward. Um, I mean uh, Tyler Myers. Isn't it just Jacob? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I know. We're chirping how I say everything, and he just turned like an American into a Russian real quick. That's so true. Um, okay, Jacob Truba, and then uh, Tyler Myers also, yeah, um, yes. as well out there. They got they got a couple of um, couple of really decent young guys that that could step up. Um, at any, also, they had that other rookie that is I can't think of his name, but he played well. And yeah, we're done. It's gonna be season three, episode four. Jakob Truba. Grant Clitson? I'm not. I'm not thinking of that guy. That's not, that's not where you're going? That guy was, I own that man in fantasy multiple times. I'm not even going to lie. Just for fantasy team names. Elite so. production. Yeah. Brock, who are you busting uh, on? 
for me, my bus is Justin Schultz. I think this one is somewhat Justin. obvious. Uh, Justin Schultz, obviously, the trade to the Penguins, pretty much Justin the best time. thing that ever happened to this kid. Uh, decent numbers in Edmonton. It was always, you know, touted as a bit of a, you know, prize prospect, offensive defenseman. Uh, great mobility. Loves to join the rush. I still think he has top 30, top 25 defensemen upside. Uh, but when Chris Letang's in the lineup, he kind of just is a meh. When Chris Letang's out of the lineup, he's, you know, he's could be a top 15 defenseman. So, again, it just all kind of circles back to Chris Letang. I think that's lead this the whole episode. Yeah. Again. We, it's never going to happen. I just think definitely. last year was just too much. I just think that people are going to look at that and be like, yeah, that's going to happen again. And it's just not. I just don't. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm just not ready to buy it. I, I'm sorry. I love I love the storyline. It's great and all, but I'm not buying it. While Crystal Tanks in the lineup, Schultz is going to be on the second power play unit, and then who gives a shit? Did you just call him Schultzy? Maybe. Okay. But uh, let's talk. We're running a little long here. We love defensemen, evidently. Uh, D, who's your rookie? Uh, Charlie McAvoy. Great name. Yeah, phenomenal. Two we're going to talk about. Made his debut last year in the playoffs, played in all six games of the Bruins' first round series, in which they fell 4-2 to the Ottawa Senators. Who saw that one coming? I know. Uh, Things look good for McAvoy's fantasy chances if those six games are any indicator of his usage this season. He led all D all Bruins D in power play time, Crazy. and it really wasn't even close. He had 17 and a half minutes. The closest second was 407 for Colin Miller. Uh, <laughs> now played over Vegas. 26 minutes a night in that series. Um, and Mac- McAvoy obviously always been thought to have some offensive upside. It's 14th overall pick in the Bruins 2016. He's nasty. Um, yes, keep in mind all this usage in power play time was in the absence of the great Tory Krug, the great. but. Guess who just broke their jaw yesterday? The great non-displaced jaw fracture. Re-evaluated in three weeks. Guess who just non-displaced jaw fractured? See, it doesn't sound as good. So, I mean, obviously, Boston's willingness to lean on a rookie who had never before played in an NHL game uh, in a playoff series kind of speaks to the lack of depth in the terms of offensive defensemen. Uh, The injury to Krug, you know, speaks... It really kind of just opens the door for McAvoy, not it, just a roster spot, which kind of you know seems locked up at this point, but potentially a really substantial role, not just on this power play, it, but it, even it, strength it, as well. It elevates forward. him to the number one power play unit almost, it, like definitely, like it's for mm-hmm. sure happening. Like Chara's, mm-hmm. we've seen Chara's production and power play time just <laughs> decrease yeah. steadily over the last five years. He is not going to just all of a sudden be back on that top unit. It's McAvoy's. He's the D-man of the future. They're going to give him that shot at least to start the year. And then, again, in, 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 as soon as Krug is back, psh, back on the second unit, whatever. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I just chirped the second unit with Schultz, but, like, you're not looking at but McAvoy, I guess, the same way that yeah. you are looking at a Schultz. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're no, talking sure. rookies here, not bus. For sure. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely a rookie who could potentially make a real uh, fantasy impact this year. I, yeah. I love it. Yeah, I, I love it. I think uh, I, I, I mean, a lot of listeners might not have, but last year we really got to see his talent in the World Juniors when it was kind of the McAvoy versus Thomas Chabot show, um, Canada mm-hmm. versus U.S. and and for a coach to have the confidence to put someone like that in for you know these elite minutes in 
the middle of a playoff series in his first NHL game. I mean, that shows how long his leash is going to be when he actually, you know, it's just regular season for the kid. Um, they clearly have a lot of faith in him, and I think uh, fantasy owners should probably feel the same. Well, you know what? Since you just mentioned it, I might as well just mention my rookie, who is Thomas Chabot. I'll just yep. go right into it and let you go third because... Chabuya. Chabot! <laughs> Chabot, uh, <laughs> he did make the Senators out of training camp last year. Uh, only played one game, though, before being sent back to the queue. Yeah, I don't get that. Um, very, very heady player. Great uh, great mobility. 45 points in just 34 QM JHL games for the St. John Sea Dogs. Ridiculous production uh, from a defenseman. Uh, as you just mentioned, Beams, an absolute force at the World Juniors for Team Canada. Uh, one of their best players. And then again, similar to Krug, we've got... Eric Carlson out of the lineup to start the season, so Thomas Shabbat should walk into a humongous role to start the year at the very least. I know uh, it's a little too early to read into all these preseason preseason lines, parries, blah, 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 but uh, he's seen quite a bit of time next to Dion Phaneuf. Uh, say what you will about Dion, but he's probably their best option outside of, uh, outside of Carlson. So I think Shabbat and Phaneuf will probably make up the first pairing. Uh, to open the season, I could see Shabbat uh, maybe pushing for enough for first power play unit time. But regardless, he's going to see steady power play time. He's going to probably play close to 20 minutes a night throughout the season. And like I said, we've seen what this kid can do in the junior, in World Juniors. We've seen what he can do in the queue. Uh, he was pretty good in the Mem Cup as well. A uh, lot to like about Shabbat. I think it's, you know, outside of McAvoy and Shabbat, it's going to be hard to find a rookie Beebs that is going to play as many minutes as these guys. But who do you like? Yeah, I was absolutely digging. And uh, one thing I was even going to mention before I started going here was that, you know, that the rookies were few and far between. Um, so um, basically at this point, we're just choosing guys who are getting minutes who can be in any way fantasy relevant. Um, so for me, it's uh, someone who kind of sounds like they're named after a car company, but it's uh, Julius Honka out in Dallas. Um, Honka got a, he got a brief showing last year when, uh, when the, the stars were kind of out of it, they gave him a 16 game tryout. We'll call it. Um, and he put up five points. He looked pretty, uh, pretty, pretty solid back there. I remember reading at the time that, uh, you know, he, he didn't look out of place at all on a team that basically all six defensemen looked out of place all year. Um, he, um, he was selected 14th overall in 2014, and, uh, and he's someone who they kind of expect to slot right into their top four pairing, I believe, um, to start the year. Um, he also, he's, he's likely to see some uh, at least secondary power play time, which, as we spoke about, we're not talking Justin Schultz here. So if you're getting any power play time as a rookie, um, there's definitely something to like there, which means he's one injury away from, you know, uh, say Klinberg goes down, he could become the John Klinberg of fantasy for you this year, um, which would be, obviously that's asking a lot, but that could be, that could definitely raise his, uh, his overall stock. And, uh, and just with their offense there, I mean, we're talking about where I saw on Twitter the other day, there was a debate. What's the top line in hockey. Um, and there was obviously the Sagan Ben Radulov line there um, was up for the debate. So we're talking about one of the top lines on paper going into uh into the season and uh definitely something that he could benefit again off off some greasy apples on um off some of those goals from some of those top players there it's just getting greasy just greasy greasy apples i i think the one thing uh entering this like i love honka as well i think the one thing entering the training camp was it almost seemed uh like a lock for honka to make the team 
it seems less of a certainty at this point, but it, a lot of the uh, Stars beat writers still seem to think that he will be on the opening night roster. And I think that's all it, That's all it's going to take for him. Once he makes the opening night roster, yeah, once he'll he gets called it. up, yeah, he'll, he'll stay there. Uh, I think he can just absolutely erupt. He's got a ton of offensive upside. He's another one of those guys we've seen in the World Juniors in the past kind of just play extremely well. And it's like, oh, I like this. I like yeah, the look of this. I, I wouldn't mind having uh, him on Yeah, it's going to I, I wish he was a Red Wings draft pick or an Avalanche draft pick. Fuck yep. the Leafs. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, this was season <laughs> three, episode one. four. <laughs> the defenseman preview episode of the Daily Faceoff podcast. For Brock Segan, that's me and this silly-ass kitten just staring at my face right now, freaking me Brock's out close. as usual. I can't even breathe. But uh, Dylan D. Berthium in Brantford, Michael Beebs Bondi in Windsor. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We will hopefully get back on the mics early next week to bring you the final preview episode. Then we'll look at some mock drafts and shit like that. Uh, but Can't again, to talk about goalies. Yeah, D's favorite subjects. But uh, let us know again if you're interested in being part of the Daily Faceoff Podcast Fantasy League this year. Roster spots are filling up quick, so get your name in the hat. And uh, yeah, let's fill that league up. Anyway, yeah, there it is. That's that. You, how else would we end a? Uh, I guess, D, did you want to talk about Risto a little bit, or are you over that? Uh, I'm pretty much over it. <laughs> All righty, sorry. Enjoy the boost We'll see you guys back here next week. Peace. for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.